Welcome, beautiful soul. This is the BU Podcast, where you hear topics and guests that empowers and guide you on your journey to stay in the present, become healthy, authentic, loving, and abundant. And today's topic is My Rich Life. There can be no denying, Kung Fu is hard work, but it is like everything in life, you get out of it exactly what you put in. I quoted this from a Chinese Kung Fu poem, like a philosophy poem. The hardest part is always to start something. So when you want, you put it in your head that you want and you want to work out every other day or three times a week, two times a week, it doesn't matter, just, you know, for an example or a different uh, version. Let's see, it's not about workout, but you want to change your habits about how you eat and you want to make sure that very simple, how much water you, you drink every day, right? And previously, we talked about habits and how long it takes to uh, develop a habit. Somebody says 21 days, somebody says 28 days. Once your brain gets rewired in a way that it's no longer an effort, it's just a habit. But what I mean this time is that when we really want to do something, we make time for it, right? We talked about that as well. But when we make that first initial step to start it, That is the hardest part of all. So let's say you want to work out for a whole hour every other day. The hardest part is, even if you cannot do the whole hour, is to start even with that 15 minutes. It's much easier to go from 15 to 30 minutes than to just start and do a, you know, do a whole hour. So it's essential that we we reward ourselves as well when we actually put the effort in to start something. Because the hardest part is, is always to start. And I was listening to a conversation on Tom Bullio's podcast. He was having an interview and uh, I forgot the guy's name who was on the show, but I remember he was talking about as well how hard it is to start something. And he brought up an example of that, let's say your car is broke down and then you can do two things. One is that you can just, you know, wait for, sit in your car, put on your lights and wait for someone to stop and uh, maybe somebody helps you. And then he explained as a way that this is the way, like the, he didn't use that word, but for me, that's how it translated the victim mentality, that you are just there, you know, not active in your own goodness. But what you need to do, how you get yourself out, you just wait for someone else to save you. And then there is another way in this uh, example he used is that you get out, you roll up your shirt and you start pushing your car. And when you start pushing that car, the first inch going to be the hardest to push. But once you give a momentum for the car to push, you just have to maintain that momentum and it's going to keep going. And I really like that example because obviously we don't have to (laughs) start pushing a car. It wasn't what it meant. What it meant was that once you start, you just have to keep maintaining, right? Like I talked about, that's how I want you to understand habits, right? Once you start it, you can maintain it by habitual behaviors. So to start it, to give that initial big kick is the hardest of all. And I use that Kung Fu philosophy poem was a piece of a poem as an example because it's with everything, it is true that you can only get out of the amount of energy from something that you put in, right? Because the energy game (laughs) works. So if you think about it, when you really want something, don't you want to do everything in your power to get it so like how we're talking about getting and giving why when you give you always get because this is an it's a loop that keeps going and going right to be able to keep the energy flowing so when you you set your goals right you have ideas what output you want to have right like you said let's say i don't know your goal is to move into a new house and then you imagine this brand new house, how it looks like and everything. And you set a goal for that house or you want a car 
or you want a certain business or you want to receive you know a new phone or it doesn't matter what it is or you want to enroll in a school or you want to enroll in something you know get a mentor doesn't matter what it is that you want to achieve you set goals and your goals are your outputs but outputs like i mentioned need inputs as well that's how it works so for you to be able to get the output you wish to you need to focus on your input first and once you focus on your input and work for your input through that input the work is done and you reach the output that you wish to someone once said and stuck with me that we need to be free people not freed people this is so important because when you free someone else it's a beautiful act in in itself but when you as a person free yourself or as a community you free yourselves from whatever it is that forcing you down or keeping you locked up in a situation whatever it is when you as a community or you as a person free your own self it has such an empowering effect that trickles down throughout your life and when you just get freed while the act of freeing you was a beautiful act it's never gonna feel like you got completely freed because it you you weren't the one who did the work to get there so what do i mean by that i mean that we are our own saviors there are people who step up and inspire and empower us but there is no one to save us you save you i saved me we save us with the tools that we are given and what we learn throughout our life so when you think about jesus or think about buddha or any other religious or non-religious figures that inspire you or empower you they were not there or they are not there to save you the savior figure doesn't mean that they're gonna come and save you i think that's where a lot of people and i might get a lot of hate for saying this but i think that's where they give up their power their own beautiful power because the savior in them in in those figures who inspire and empower us not that they will do this for you but that they are empowering you with their teachings and if you are follow in their steps and take heart to their teachings then you will be able to save you. That's why they are saviors, because they give you tools when you are open to listen. And the tools are not that you just sit still and wait for them to save you. The tools are given to you to use them, and you have to use them for your own benefit. So learning from them doesn't matter who the teacher is, who inspires you, who empowers you what's important is that what you learn you bring into action and through that you better your life and in exchange you save yourself i was reading a book and i remember how in Nelson mandela a situation and a quote from him touched me and stick with me ever since uh, in that uh, conversation what's happened is that the the guy who wrote the book had meeting with Nelson Mandela and he asked Mandela what is his dream for humanity what is, does he wish for humanity and Nelson Mandela said humanity could use a little bit of faith and then he was asked if he could describe faith what does it mean to him and he replied faith is the ability to see the invisible believe in the impossible and trust in the unknown the writer said that only later in life he understood the real meaning behind Mandela's words, the ability to make manifest which is not yet. Doesn't it sound a little bit like what we were talking about before? How you have to imagine what you want and then put actions into it and then you have to speak for it. So you have this trinity of creating what, what you want. But, but it starts with that vision, right? The envisioning, your, your third eye, where envision, dream, right? What you want. And when we dream, we create a, another reality. 
our brain doesn't know the difference when we are dreaming between we are awake or between we are dreaming. So when we we are in this dream state, our body and the neurons and all the connections in our brain still experiencing things like we we are in effect doing it. That's why some people also say that our life is basically a dream. The life is a dream. Or <laughs> the other theory, right, that we are talked about before is that this whole thing is just a simulation and basically our brain creates this word around us, this simulation, because without the brain and the heart that creates the uh, electromagnetic field, if we want to get <laughs> philosophically so deep on the subject, this world around us wouldn't even exist. And that's when time comes into picture because without time, there will be no matter and so on and so forth. This is not my topic today, but what I wanted to point out is that the even, I mean, I'm not a fan of, uh, some people told me that I, I, I sound sometimes like a new agey person and I'm this like law of attraction and secret. And I'm sorry to tell you, but I'm not big on the secret or the law of attraction because it's lacks in so many ways that uh, it gives a false hope for people who are lazy because basically it says that if you create your vision board and if you imagine it, that's how you create something. And this is just a false hope. Envisioning something is so crucial and important and it t puts things into motion, but you can't actually uh, materialize it without also putting steps we also making actions on the subject. So while visualizing is super important for the start, for that initial energy boom, the start that we talked about, right? The first push starts in your mind, starts in dreaming, visualizing in your third eye. Without actually speaking for it, that actually making the step and making it materialistically into this world because we live in a material world, it doesn't work. So for me, the secret, the law of attraction lacks in so many ways. And that's why I don't like it. I think it gives a good um, sense and basis of where to start. But that's where it's ended. It never actually explained to you how to do it. Maybe I, I can do another episode on it, but I, I talked about this before, and even in my Chakras and Beyond video, I mentioned it. Uh, it is something I'm really passionate about, and I want you to be able to utilize those type of teachings. So don't stop there. That's maybe a good tool for someone who never heard of it to start. But on its own, it's worthless because it just gives you false hope, and then when you don't receive the results that you wished for, you, you lose your beliefs. And you say this is just BS, right? And it doesn't work because the seed you planted never actually grown for you to see because you didn't put that extra action in it. So I'm not a big on I just wanted to put that as an extra in that I'm not big on it because it's lacking and stopped where it shouldn't have stopped. But, you know, that's just me. So everybody's different and it works uh mysterious ways in everyone. I was listening an interview with Ken Honda, the so-called Zen millionaire, and uh, he's, he's a very laid-back person. I, I love listening to him because he brings things to your attention in such a simple but elegant way so you can understand. He has books, but I never actually read his books. I don't know if it's translated into English or not, but I, I do listen to him uh, when he's on interviews, uh, podcasts, such. And he, he talked about how he had an interesting attachment, if I can use that word, with finance, with money from an early childhood. I don't remember how old he was when he saw his father for the first time crying. And he had never seen his father cry before. And he was very shocked when he came home from school. He was very young, like in elementary school age. And he asked his mom why his father was crying because his, he knew his father as a very, I wouldn't say cold person, it is not what he used, but someone who doesn't really shows his emotions. And that's how the culture is, right? And so then he saw him crying and he asked his mother, explain to him that his best friend, just that day or the day before, I don't remember the exact story, but he said that his family suicided, which in that culture means, is a word, the expression they use is that the person kiss his family and then himself so the whole family dies they don't have to bear the shame of being bankrupted or that's usually the the trigger the pull and so 
his father was very uh, broken about it, not just because it was his best friend and what happened, but because he was blaming himself as just the day prior his friend came to him for money. And uh, the father had the money, but he said he doesn't give it. He had the idea that he will give it to him once he filed for bankruptcy so the family can have the money. Because if he would have given the money at that time, all the money would have just gone to debt collectors and it wouldn't actually help the family. But he didn't like detailed out this what was in his head. He just uh, said no and then all this happened. So while it's not his fault, he blamed himself for it. And it was his best friend who he lost and he did all this tragic event of killing the whole family and himself. So it was a very tragic event for the father and through that to the son who is Ken. And um, he explained it that it stayed with him because it's culturally the suicide are so strong uh, where he is that um, every time when he hears about people who have financial struggles, it makes him angry get anxious like anxiety like he talked about how on a different interview how the past two years so many people struggle with finances because of the whole economy was shut down and then the only thing he was able to think of is how many suicides it's gonna cause and 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 the fear of finance and then he was talking about how in his mind doesn't matter that he's a millionaire and he has all the money the only thing he needs is his friends because doesn't matter if he loses everything. Let's say you have 52 friends and you stay one week with each friend. That's a whole year. And then you can go back to your first friend that you, you haven't seen in a year <laughs> and stay with them again. He was like making up, obviously, like more like a joke. But, but the meaning behind what he was saying was that if you have the support system behind you, it doesn't matter what you lose. You can rebuild yourself and you can always find a way to make it. And I find this so empowering because most of the time we forget. And when someone doesn't have this support system, they feel even weaker. And I feel what's important for everyone is work on some form of support system. Because no matter how much money one can collect, we have seen in different nations how sometimes the government can block the accounts and then you don't have access to your funds anymore. So why you can, you know, collect stuff, how you collect it. And then, you know, we're going to talk about it later, how to invest in certain things. But in my opinion, but I'm definitely not a financial advisor. But it's important to have a support system which is not monetary, but more like people who can support you no matter what. So you can get back on your feet. So you have a roof above your head and you can feel how safe you are. And even though it comes from a different cultural background that we are in right now, I think this teaching is fundamentally important for us all because you can be successful. But again, how would you be happy if you have nobody around you? Right. So super system doesn't have to be friends. Super system can be anyone from your family or not family, anyone who can you can rely on. So I feel this is important. And people who don't have to start building certain support systems. And that's why that's why I really liked when Zen uh, Millionaire Ken talked about how we should imagine money as a friend. Right? They can it can be part of our support system in a way. But so if you, if you imagine money as a friend, as a person, right? Like you imagine that, oh, uh, this XYZ is money and he's my friend. Then you change the energy how you act with money. And he was telling like funny stories how uh, in groups, people who he coaches sometimes to be able to not just joke with it, but to able to set or, or change certain ways how they think of money. They even like, created these like little beds where they put their wallet in next to them. So when they rest, the wallet rests too. <laughs> I was laughing so hard on it because I'm very visual and I imagine people going to sleep and then they tucking in their <laughs> wallet. But um, but anyway, so so he was like, uh, he just wanted us to imagine how money is a person so we can change the energy so we don't look at money as an enemy 
we don't look at it as a bad thing because money is just energy and like everything else existing around us it's energy right so money is an energy money is a tool so if you're friendly with money <laughs> that energy gonna be friendly with you if you take care of that energy that energy will take care of you so that is the main logic basically behind how he uh, translates this whole concept and it works for him i mean he became a millionaire is <laughs> the reason he called the zen millionaire and speaking about mm, coaching and mentors i wholeheartedly believe that uh, everyone need a mentor to be successful in life it doesn't matter that if this mentor is someone who you can speak face to face with or you can have sessions online or maybe you cannot afford to pay for a currently but you feel like you plan to have a mentor but right now you're still trying to reach that level but in a different way so you're reading books right or you you're watching uh, others or listening to podcasts so uh, you know reading someone's thoughts and ideas who inspire you and empower you so sometimes we got these mentors who we actually communicate with like i said but sometimes they are just writers of books or speakers we follow but it's fine because we still get that mentorship that we need from people that inspire us but i do believe that everyone needs mentors in life to be successful and if you think back in history mentorship was something that was treasured throughout history and respected so if you look back in time we are talking about you know different traits uh what what the person was doing maybe it was a smith or it was someone who was a farmer or or doesn't matter what they were doing or someone who made clothing but they always had i forgot the english word for it but those cadets i guess it's called who learn from the master the maestro right even painters even poets had students with them or if you think about later towards the industrial revolution or, or think about edison right or when you be talking about tesla edison had a lot of cadets a lot of students who was under him and he was mentoring them right so or, or if you talk about churches even i mean they always have this this or you talk about doctors who go and uh or mentorship or, or when you are an accountant or when you're a lawyer and you have to do the mentorship it's still in the system somewhat right but so it's so important it's changed a lot since then but it's still important to have mentors and we should choose the mentors in fields that we interested in right that we are inspired about so while maybe your day job is an accountant and you had mentors in that field but you feel that your purpose in life is um I don't know saving dogs and and <laughs> you know create like sanctuaries for them then you're gonna look for people and you're gonna read books and you're gonna look for people who have the same dreams but they're already working on it they already achieved certain way that kind of a dream right so you look for mentors in the certain field it's important you know why because i feel that a lot of times the problem and i don't think of this by myself alone like i listen to people and they have the same idea if you listen to tom bilio who i respect and love or or you know any other people who actually achieved things in life they all gonna tell you the same thing that the issue with the education system how it works and that's why i brought a parallel high in the past it worked when it was in school as a way it is right now but more like this maestro the master and the cadet man, uh, the mentorship relationship right is that those who teach it actually have experience in what they are teaching what happens in the current school system is that the system trains people to teach things that they have zero experience in imagine how would you feel if your teacher in law school would teach you about how to prepare for a trial and the teacher actually have never set a foot in a trial nor won any would you want to learn from that person would you want to learn from someone how to cook who had never prepared a meal in their life how would they teach you how successful their teaching possibly would be to you 
when they themselves never actually created anything in that certain field. So for me, when we when we putting our children into school and letting our children learn from people who were also just taught by the system and have zero clue about life <laughs> and them themselves struggle with so much things. And so that's why I feel like, and not just me, but a lot of others, that the system itself is broken and is not how it should be at all. Because it's not how it was when it was for the time being successfully working. Anyway, it's also a different topic, but I wanted to uh, insert it. There are certainly many different views on how to and what should we invest into, right? Like you listen to different people and they all trying to tell you how they feel. So you listen to X, it's going to tell you, oh, you have to invest all your money into precious metals. Then you're going to listen to somebody else. They're going to see, oh, Web3 is here. Crypto is the way. These are the projects. I research them all. Invest into crypto. Then you're going to talk to the third person who is not really comfortable with Web3 yet thinks that uh, precious metals are the old way and he thinks that stocks are still the deal and I'm going to tell you to invest in that one. Then there are going to be people who always going to tell you to invest in land and real estate because, you know, it's always has its value. Then there are going to be also people who are going to tell you to look out for and invest into projects or products that that you did your research on, even if they are not public, so you can buy stocks, but you, you can support them in an exchange, you can receive something back, like how you can support your farmers, not just by buying their product, but you can invest in them. There are certain ways. So you have all these different ideas, and then even between those sections of ideas, you have many different things, right? Like from precious metals, you could choose between many kinds, you know, most uh, known ones are gold and silver, and then then we talked about stocks, right? And then lately, because of the game stock and, and all the <laughs> stuff that happened, um, people don't trust it anymore. They look at it as a casino. But if you look at the stocks as a casino, then why are you afraid of crypto, right? The new casino, to say. And so there are so many ways to look at things. But what I find and um, the conclusion that I uh, came to is that there is no right way that works for everyone. Not just because of different budgets. Not. We can have the same exact budget. But what works for me, it does not work for you. And I feel it might sound a little weird for you all, but uh, the, the way I came to this conclusion, it wasn't even finances alone, but how I see the whole body as a system, right? how I see how bio-individuals we are. And this bio-individuality is just not just different, uh, how different type of diets works for different people and what can be the Hail Mary for me, it can be the poison of your life to you. So the nutrition, right? Bio-individuality is very important. But bio-individuality is not just important with nutrition, the diet, right? It's important with, with your purpose in life. And so the way... You live your life. And because we are bio-individuals and our goals are different and what makes us excited and makes us wake up every day to move forward is different, our way of investing cannot be the same either. I don't care who tells you that this is the only right way to do it, but they don't know what they're talking about. They can give you ideas in certain topics and you can follow that because they research certain topics. But just because it works for them, it does not mean it will work for you, even if you have the same budget. So yes, you can invest into precious metals, and generally it is considered a safe investment. But what if, if there was an opportunity in your life that your being resonates with and can create your joyful, it's very important what I just said, a joyful world instead of just sitting on those precious metals and stopping the flow of that energy, the money, right? I talked about how flow is so important. So again, I am no financial advisor. And yes, <laughs> I do have precious metals as well. But what I'm trying to point out that um, instead for so use me as an example, for me, I had an opportunity to get more precious metals. And instead, 
I decided to uh, invest into other things, things that actually matter to me and gifting me financially uh, in a soul level. So by sitting on gold and silver and, and buying it, right? But when I first purchased it, it made me so proud. And, and I felt so happy when I received it. I, I almost peed myself. <laughs> I first had my God coin in my hand. I never in my life had that, right? But it was in my closet for about a year. And I started to feel weird about it. And, uh, and then I had an opportunity to buy more. But I felt so, such a stagnant energy coming from it in my life that I felt like it's holding me back. So what I did is that I decided to, instead of buying more of that, that I already had, I decided to invest it into something else. In my case, what I invested it into happened to be cryptocurrency. Not a cryptocurrency that I, I, I would invest on like day trading and like casino style, but something that actually made sense and uh, basically printing me more crypto every day you know, like a node, and uh, and I only see how it's going. That was me, me personally. I decided that I rather spend that money. I can tell you what it is. I you probably wouldn't even know because I don't. It's not my podcast about. But if you wanna, I invested it in um, a constellation network. Have a device that they are building currently. It's called the DTM, the Dollar Traffic Miner, and I invest. I decided to spend the money on that one and I was an early investor invested in it and now the NFT that I receive for that investment every day basically printing me more DAG the, the, the token that I'm so believing in but again this is me because I have on soul level a connection to this network that I believe in so badly so well so good it feels so good that I decided to go that route this is not for everyone so that's why I said we are bio-individuals. But I wanted to give you as an example. It could be many things that you invest to. It doesn't have to be these kinds. And that's why it is so important to first. And that's how why I decided to make episodes prior to this one about how to find your authentic self, how to find your purpose, right? How to get there so you can find those goals, find those purposes and build even your financial mindset around those goals, to support those goals. So, as me as an example, I'm not just supporting that network with my investment, I'm also supporting myself. Why? Because me, I don't know if you guys know, maybe some of you do, some of you don't, I'm also creating a project on Web3, and I'm building on that very network. So when I'm investing in them, by being able to build on them, they are investing in me. This is a back and flow energy, right? It's a very thing that brings me so much joy. Every time I learn something new about it, every time I make a new decision about how to build something and, and how to get there, it's, I, I don't know how to word it so you understand, but it is something that keeps you going something that keeps you alive and motivates you every single day and i want you to have that and i want you to invest your investments your money into something that gives you the same amount of push the same amount of movement the same amount of joy and happiness because without that joy happiness exchange that you get back as an energy no investment worth it because you're sitting on it and then what happens what happens if tomorrow the world ends and you were just sitting on the special matters? What are they going to do? Where are they going to take you or your family? You know what I mean? So I'm not saying not to invest in precious matters. Invest. If you can, do it. Everybody can, right? Even if it's just something small. I'm not saying not to invest in stocks. If you can and you did the research and what you are investing into is something that brings you joy, do it. What I'm saying is that I am no longer willing to invest my money, my energies, in a way, right? Because we talked about money as an energy, money as a friend. I'm no longer willing to put my friend, send my friend somewhere that's working against what I believe in. So I, just like I choose where I spend my money when I'm buying food and support farmers and support certain way of 
farming with my money, I choose where I spend my investment. So that's me. So that's how I I see it by individually because then when you invest that way, let's talk about cryptocurrency, right? Right? If you invest your money into a project that you learn about, that you're constantly keeping up with, because there's no way, there is no way that you can invest into every single project that you hear about. There is no way. You know why? Number one, because nobody has that much of unlimited funds. Number one. Number two, why would you invest into something you can't keep up with? You can't keep up with every single project all the time. So why don't you focus, even if you diversify, right? to a couple of them but why don't you invest into things that you can actually read about and tell if you like what they're doing or you don't like what they're doing and then invest into the ones that you like what they're doing because if you if you do so you will have um, interest in it and you're gonna have the motivation of looking at it and when you do that we talked about how you envision things how you dream about things right so if you invest into the right thing, then you envision how well that's going, right? But if, let's say, I would invest into a project that's about how to imprison the whole planet or how uh, to create a bio, bio weapon and kill everybody, <laughs> just saying, and if I invest with that project, it might would make me a lot of money, but can I align with that, what I invest in? How would I constantly put my focus to it? How would I constantly envision and dream about how well is it going for that business if i can even align with the business can you understand where i'm going at but if you can align with the business if if it gives you joy just to read about them and where they are going and what are they trying to achieve then in exchange of that joy you're also going to put out energies for it to get better and by it getting better and working itself out the project gonna do well and gonna you're gonna have a really good ROI a return of investment right this is like a game (laughs) like everything else in life and I I applaud you if you can choose your investment by what you truly believe in so yes have certain things but when you have the option to choose choose something that gives you joy Gives you joy by looking it up. Gives you joy when it grows bigger. Gives you joy when they achieve the next level. That is how I invest. And that is why I support certain things. Because it gives me joy every time they reach a next milestone. And it feels good to be part of it. When that happens, your investments skyrocket. Because you put your creative energies into it. You put that push into it. And then all those people who do the same raise that project up to the level and get the investment back. I don't know if it makes sense, but I try to explain it in the energy way to you. So let's say that you're really into precious metals because it gives you joy. But why would it give you joy? Because maybe you are into numismatics, right? You you like collecting them. You like the intricate uh, details on those coins or what they represent in history or how the artists made certain things. That's a whole different story because at that time they become collectibles and they become joy for you to look at them to look up their history who made them how they were made and all that comes with it but just by having something that you have no idea about dusting in the back of your closet i'm not sure how that's gonna give you any good energy flow to keep propel you in life yeah it's gonna stay there and maybe one day when everything you know changes in price it's gonna be like oh i made some good investment but you know in the long term for your retirement is true but um if you're looking for something that can propel you now and get you out of a certain situation i don't think that alone will help you get there so while if you follow me you you know and experience that i generally share what i invest in Uh, regarding crypto for example it is because i align with that project right i feel a pull towards it i see a vision there to it so when i share it i do so and so you the reader you the listener can get an exposure to what i invest in what i think and about what 
is matching with my goal as an investment. Of course, I'm not telling you to that you have to feel the same way about them or that you even have to invest in them. The decision should be always on you. What I'm doing is that I'm showing you what I'm doing that fits my purpose and my goals. And then if you feel aligned with it after you reading about it after you got exposed to it then you have the chance to invest as well but just by me telling anyone to do anything don't do it because then you don't know what you're investing in right so it's always important to what we say do your own research don't just listen to people no matter who they are but also once you read about it to feel aligned with that project so what i did i decided to invest into things that doesn't just empower me as a person or my finances, but empowers others as well as it serves a purpose, a fulfillment. So when you invest into a project that actually fulfills you as a person, I don't think anybody could do any better investment because you're not just investing financially, but investing in your health, in your own self as well. And so many people came to me that Aranka, you're such a high-frequency person. Why are you even touching money? Why you talk about money? Because, you know, sometimes I make posts about it. And then I, I was so surprised why would anybody ask that question because for me it was so natural that it is part of the growth. It is part of uh, building up ourselves. It's part of empowering ourselves. I don't believe that money is the root of all evil. I more believe... What the other saying is that lack is the root of all evil because lack causes so many um, negative happenings in life. So like I said, I look at money as an energy and I don't look at it as evil or good. I just look at it as a tool and it works for me. Um, but the reason I'm talking about it because most of the people probably who, you know, follow me or listens to me or even me myself, we still, I don't think any of us, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think any of us reached the level that we want to reach financially, at least not yet. I have not yet reached that level. I'm working towards it and I'm very satisfied with how I am putting things together and how imagining them and how they are becoming. But I don't didn't reach my goal. And goals are also changing, right? When you reach something, you set new goals and so on and so forth. So in a way, we are still struggling, right? You know, like how Tom, uh, Tom Buyo said that uh, struggling enough that money is still a major influence in our life until all of our needs are met until we have enough disposable income that we are not uh, sweating every bill or the expenses that we create for ourselves until that we can pass that money is an overwhelming amount of what we think about right and so since we are thinking about it it's part of our life even if you call money evil even if you call money you know a good thing so if we still spend so much time thinking about it with our everyday life, then why don't talk about it and uh, change our way of thinking about it? And that's why I bring it up. So people can change the way they think of money, change the way how they, they look at it as an energy and uh, get a better relationship with it. And uh, Tom also said that money can't buy happiness. But let me tell you, Poverty can't buy you either. But when we are talking about our rich self, when we're talking about wealth, wealth is not only money, right? We can be very wealthy and not have as much money as the next person to us. But we can be wealthier because how we work with it and how we live our life. And then uh, to use me again as an example, I set goals in my head that I knew and I dreamed about that I needed a lot of money for, right? That, but I had that vision, what I wanted to create. And, and I really put like, this is what I want. And I knew it cost a lot of money but to create it, but I was not focusing on the money aspect. I, the budget, how much it actually gonna cost. I was just focusing on um, visualizing these 
and and how it will be and how beautiful it's gonna be and how happy it's gonna make me feel how fulfilled i'm gonna feel about it and what's interesting what's happened is that uh, it didn't happen that money fall into my lap to create it it's not at all but as life is a game it's worked itself out in a, such a beautiful way that i have the right people in my life always with the right knowledge and the right connections to create what I want to create. So even if you don't physically receive the money, you can still work towards your goal and get to that rich life, that wealth that you want to achieve because you can still achieve your goals. And in the end, once you work so hard on it, it's gonna give you the return that you probably set out as a goal as well. So I just wanted to give you that as an example because I find it really important how easily and beautifully it can work itself out when you really put an energy, purpose, um, and your joy into something. And as you can tell, I envision something and I'm constantly receiving it and not by receiving money in my pocket, but by people who surround me and helping me to achieve that goal and I think this is more beautiful this way than if somebody would have just throw that money on the table and say here it is build it I feel it would have been much more poor and not done with so much passion and emotion as it is being done right now and with my everyday um that I focus on it and, and building it and gives me so much joy and fulfillment. So don't forget to focus your energies in certain ways. And I'm not a person who talks about, um, you know, how people have debts and credit cards and so much. I, I, I've been in a really bad place myself. Um, if you follow me for a long time, you know, I, I went through my own traumas in life and I had my um, tumor removed and it was a very expensive surgery and then I broke my arm that needed a surgery and then you know bills were just keep piling up and and I'm not gonna try to say that um, I am financially where I want to be or that I didn't make mistakes I am the person who is really not good with credit cards for example I never have been because I didn't grow up in the system that had them and nobody taught me the tools is there are certain way of tools how to use them properly for your advantage i didn't have them and then boom when i moved to the states i i was told i need credit cards i need this and that so i can uh, i can have a credit history and then i can do things because without that i'm not going to be able to do anything so boom i applied for this credit card that credit card store credit card this credit card right very young you and, and you just when you spend it it doesn't feel like you're spending it and you know you you spend more than as a young person you can get into if you don't have that education and tool behind you you can spend more than what you can afford definitely and then you just basically keep paying for your debt constantly without ever getting out of it i was in it and then while you are in that very low state certain things happen in your life with your health or whatnot and you're getting deeper and deeper and deeper to that it's a very hard way to get out of it. And so I worked on it. And uh, there are certain things that I'm still working in life that uh, I made mistakes on before. But uh, I mentally changed how I look at things. I, While I do have credit cards, I don't use them <laughs> at all. It's almost like when you say they cut up your cards. So, you know, some people are going to say how to do it, how not to do it. Some of people say, oh, you should just forget about them and don't do them at all. The reason there are different types of teachings out there, because like I said, we are all bio-individuals and we have different tools that we already learned and what we haven't learned. And we should know what's best for us. So don't ever let somebody tell you that what you're doing is wrong if you feel that it's right, how you fix your financial situation and how you get out of it but the only thing that it's common and you have to do is the work that you have to put in and your mindset and how you set your goals what you want to achieve with it because without setting those goals you can never get to one to two two to three and go on right so there are always goals that need to 
you need to get over and uh, I set minds and they are working for me and uh, and sometimes you know people can say oh you're really good at visualizing why don't you just visualize some really rich life and um, when I sit down and I set my goals and I visualize myself it's not what with my current mindset I see that I just out of nowhere have all this money and everything that I I struggled with just disappears into nothing. I I have my own mindset how I work and I have steps that in that visualization and dreams I have to take. But what I'm doing, it works for me because it's slowly bringing me out of certain things and I'm happy with that result. So while it might don't work for everyone, it works for me. And just like I said, we are bio-individuals. Everybody should find what best works for them and then find mentors who align with that message. So what I would like to recommend everyone is to imagine what your rich life looks like. Because the lack of thought that people put in it is the reason why they never reach it. You really need to sit down and tell yourself what your rich life looks like. And I'm not talking about that, oh, you know, I can go to the restaurant and to a certain restaurant I'm never able to and then afford to do it. Maybe that is it, but you have to set bigger goals in life. Imagine your everyday life, or if you your dream is that you really want a certain car, then look up that car, every single detail on it, and imagine yourself sitting in the car, imagine putting your hands on it, and then work towards that goal by setting certain details right in your life that lets you get to that goal, and then the next goal, and the next goal. But without setting purposes and goals in life, you can never get there. And um, as Thoman said in his book, Shut Up and Listen, he said, you got to know your God-given gifts and use it. <laughs> it is so important for us to understand what our God-given gifts are and that we are able to use it. So there are certain books that I would like to recommend to you that I, it's helped me and maybe it would help you. So the, one of the book is called I Will Teach You To Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. I think he's amazing. He also have a podcast. I think you should, uh, if you're into this finance or how to fix your finances, that I align with and you should maybe listen to. And of course, I recommend everyone Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. And of course, I recommend everyone Roberti Kiyosaki's Rich That Poor That. I think it's an amazing book. And then I recommend Ray Dalio's Principles, Life and Work. He also have an app that you can download and then you can read the book in it and then you do your principles. It's amazing. So I recommend his book and his app. Again, it's Ray Dalio Principles. I also recommend George S. Clayson's The Richest Man in Babylon. It's such an interesting uh, book because it's played back in Babylon, but it taught me so much. So I, I really would recommend that as well. So these are the books I would like to <laughs> recommend to you. And I really hope that um, this topic maybe opened your eyes about certain aspects that you haven't thought of, or I was able to mention uh, people and inspiring, empowering mentors to follow. I hope you all have a beautiful week. And I'm so excited to hear what you think. <laughs>